Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. I'm Charlie Wright. We're very pleased you've joined us today, and we're pleased to be talking for the first time with Joel Beam, Managing Director and Senior Portfolio Manager over Real Estate Security Strategies at Salient Partners. He speaks to us from their offices in San Francisco. Joel, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thanks, Charlie. Great to be here. So, Joel, you're a nationally recognized for managing preferred and senior securities in real estate. You focus on listed stocks whose underlying business is commercial real estate ownership and management. Itself, Salient Partners manages about 13 to $14 billion in various funds, including institutional funds. And again, you are focused on the real estate ones. Uh, so give us a brief background of yours, will you, Joel? I'm sure. I've, I've spent about 25 years in this business, focused on all, the t all that time on real estate securities. So uh, really, the, the uh, origin of my career really goes all the way back to the early 1990s, when the growth in listed securities uh, really began in earnest, or around 1991. And back then, the market cap of the, of the REIT sector, uh, real estate investment trust sector, was about six a billion. Um, it's, it's about six billion dollars, and as we sit here today, it's a trillion dollars. So over these many years, there's been just enormous growth and acceptance in uh, the uh, of the listed property sector. Uh, the, the many benefits that it provides for folks uh, uh, really uh, have become very well known, and uh, it's been it's been an incredible journey as a professional. So, Joel, tell us, uh, securities could be stocks of companies who are home builders or uh, own and, uh, properties, etc., or they could be REITs. Are you focused on one more than the other or exclusively one of those? Uh, how, what are you focused on? Well, we're really focused on that commercial property owner, so much more like a REIT, although it doesn't have to be a REIT per se in order for us to invest in it, but we are focused on commercial property investing through listed securities. Home building, which is, you know, a, you know, a, a, you know, really interesting business, and and from time to time we've had some exposure there, uh, really isn't the 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 for, you know at the forefront of what we do. What we're really seeking to to access through the securities markets, through the listed property uh, sector, is rent collecting commercial property exposure. Okay, so let's talk about that for just a minute. So first of all, the uh, REITs I understand uh, have taken a hit. Lately, people do not see rising interest rates as being favorable for REITs. And yet, uh, I understand that the uh, recently passed tax uh, bill it was very favorable to REITs. Can you address those two issues? Well, sure. Um, the, the first one, I think, is clearly the most important. Um, the, the misperception that REITs uh, over, over long periods of time are um, hurt by rises in you know, rising interest rates is 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 really just a you know terrible misperception, and the most basic way that I talk with folks about this is I as I remind them that when you know when you own a commercial property investment, let's imagine it's a small apartment building. If the economy is prospering and interest rates are going up for the right reasons, because 
uh, things are things are stable and, and, and even growing, um, you know, your tenants are going to be earning more money and you're going to be able to raise the rent. And if you really think about it in a word, a bond can't, can't raise the rent and can't raise its dividend, whereas a real estate company can raise the rent, and, do, and they do. And therefore, they have increasing cash flow and dividends. And that explains intuitively why their long-term performance is not correlated with, with, with rate changes. The, on the second matter, um, Charlie, you had um, asked me about the recent tax bill. And there, there certainly is a, a benefit for, uh, for REITs in terms of lowering the, uh, the, the tax on, on the dividends that they generate. And you know, we're intrigued by it. And I think it, I, I think it certainly is a, another, you know, just another reason to uh, consider owning REITs in one's, in, you know, in one's portfolio. So, uh, Joel, let, let's stay on the topic of uh, REITs in general for just a minute here. Amazon and uh, certainly other online uh, services have uh, caused retail to take a hit. And retail leases from companies who own properties, and you own those companies who own those properties. So is this a cause for concern? Is this something that you feel that the industry is overcoming, has overcome, or do you see further issues down the road? Where do you see this issue lying from your perspective, investing in the companies who own the properties that these retail companies are occupying? It's a great question, and it's very topical. Re- you know, retail space is, is, I think, in transition in terms of the way tenants use it and the way we as shoppers are are behaving and, and the, you know, the way that we're shopping. Um, I think that this state of flux that we're in where things are evolving and, and, and really in some markets quite rapidly, um, it's, it's not over. In fact, I think it's far from over. Um, it, the retail sector, though, has been through this before. Um, you know, I, I'm reminded of the time during the whole dot-com period when, you know, uh, the, you know, there was a company called Webvan that everybody thought, you know, nobody, you know, you know, motivated a lot of thinking about folks not going to grocery stores anymore. And, and, and you know, there was a big downdraft in the performance of, of the stocks back then, even though occupancy was strong and rents were stable. And what we're, what we're living through now is, is certainly a more extreme expression of, of, of those issues. And, and there really is change afoot in the way that, that you know, we're shopping. And that means that, that tenants have different needs for space, and there's space on the margin that isn't going to be needed anymore. For us, the, the good news of investing in the retail sector is that, you know, the listed companies tend to own some of the best assets that are out there. And the best assets are, are, are going to need to evolve a little bit, but they're going to remain really strong commercial property investments that any one of us would be uh, pleased to own. So let's talk a little about uh, salience uh, funds and its, its strategies for real estate. How would you describe the strategies that, that you use? Are they income-focused? Are they growth-focused? Are they focused on both of those? Uh, how do you do this? Do you go long? Do you, can you go short? Do you use derivatives? Tell us about your strategy or strategies. Sure. Well, we're, we have lots of tools and we have several strategies. So I think at a big picture level, what I would want you to know is we do try to keep it simple. Uh, we are total return investors across everything that we do. We're very well known for an income fund uh, that we call Salient Select Income Fund. And it's one of our most substantial and most well-known uh, funds. In fact, today is its birthday. It's 17 years old. Um, Congratulations. And 
Thank you. And that fund uh, is, has, is really focused on, you know, making a, a high single digits total return and, and really embracing the trade-off between a more attractive total return and a higher income component. So that fund has a really robust dividend yield, and it does seek to also achieve uh, 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 performance from, you know, good stewardship and, and from, from gains. But it, 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 because of what it does, it won't likely um, do as well as a pure play equity real estate you know, strategy, that one that's focused solely on common stocks. So, um, and we do have products that, that do that. We also have a fund that's focused on overseas uh, real estate companies, uh, common stocks, and that's, that's called the Salient uh, International Real Estate Fund. So um, we've got a number of products for folks to sort of access the markets for you know, either a uh, you know, a total return, or uh, uh, you know that that's you know maybe has a you know a, a four percent ish uh, dividend kind of component, and a and a high single digits uh, uh, aim from from equity you know pure equity exposure, and then uh, as I mentioned, we're really well known for our income fund, which might make a little bit less in terms of total return, but has a higher income component, and then there are as I mentioned some you know fantastic overseas. Uh, real estate companies that we access through our international real estate fund. So, Joel, uh, let me ask a question. You can be a little sensitive here. Uh, no one needs to tell Not you. That, tough. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for others uh, who may be listening. So, no one needs to tell you that there are REITs out there paying double-digit uh, dividends. Uh, why are you guys not in that space? Well, you know, the, the, oftentimes I, I use the phrase, nature abhors a vacuum. And, um, and you know, I think, you know, one thing you should know about us is that we're, we tend to be pretty careful and very value-oriented investors. So when, when something shows up in a low-yield environment, and it has, you know, generally speaking, we're, we're still in a low-yield environment. You yeah, know? we are. Um, and when something shows up with a double-digit return, I, I'm, I would never counsel folks to, to just, you know, automatically say no. But my advice is always be careful. Um, do your research. You know, be thorough. And I, I would I would guess that any stock that you're talking about that might have that kind of a, a yield on it is either you know perhaps overpaying its dividend. It's not earning that kind of cash flow, or it is earning the cash flow, but it's got some you know high leverage, or it might have assets that you might scratch your head and think you know that's not really what I want to own. Generally speaking, well-run companies with you know careful stewardship and and reasonable leverage just in this day and age are not generating those kind of yields net of, you know, net of all uh, uh, expenses. Okay, and we appreciate uh, your honesty there and, and, and addressing that. So who is it that buys your funds and why? Well, our funds uh, and, and our strategies in general are, are used by folks who, you know, either uh, think, of, think of them as, uh, uh, and, you know, like for Select Income Fund, for instance, a lot of folks are in that and they use it as an income strategy. So they consider it an alternative to high yield exposure or they uh, consider it uh, a real estate fund uh, and they, you know, they just, uh, uh, and, and, and it is. And um, so they, they're comfortable using it for their real estate allocation. And then there are folks that, that use it just as an alternative in general, um, that sort of as a general uh, allocation to the alternative space. So I think property in general fits any of those buckets for folks that you know, are, are, are putting you know, their asset allocation in, in, in place. And, um, and I think real estate, you know, just for, for folks that are, are just thinking about investing in general in terms of what kinds of, of, of long-term commitments they want to make that will you know, 
uh, stand the chance of being, you know, really rewarding for them. I, I mean, I think real estate in, in any flavor makes, uh, you know, just makes brilliant sense. Well, I hope you think that. And after being in the industry that long and seeing the REIT industry go like it has, I, I can certainly uh, uh, recognize why you would have that level of commitment. Uh, let's ask the opposite question then. Under what circumstances or in what conditions would you possibly say, you know, what we offer may not be the best thing for this investor or for you? I'm, I really appreciate you asking that. Um, you know, the folks that, that, you know, that make great clients for us are folks that share our approach, our philosophy. You know, we're very value-oriented. We're very benchmark agnostic. We, we are seeking exposure to things that, that are not, you know, in benchmarks. And we're seeking to be different and to walk to the beat of a different drummer. And our long-term track record reflects the rewards of that kind of independent approach. So the, the best folks for us are folks that share our values. And the, when there's not a good fit, it's because somebody really just, um, they just really want to um, own a benchmark. Um, they, they, they don't really believe in an active management approach the, the way we do. Um, I, I'm, I'm fond of saying it's uh, for us, it's it's almost religious. You know, we just go to the church of asset ma- of of active management, and um and and the the best fit is you know folks that 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 have the same uh, beliefs that we do. You know, I appreciate that answer, and uh, you know that not everything is a perfect fit for everybody. And I recognize what you're saying in in that kind of opportunity, and and appreciate that that response. So uh, tell us, you started out talking, Joel, about uh, you starting in the early 90s in this business when the REITs were $6 billion and they're how much today? Over a $1 trillion? Is that what you said? Almost a trillion dollars. Yeah, a trillion. Can you believe it? Tell us, what changes have you seen in the industry during that time? Because, uh, you know, there can't be too many like you have, who were there at the genesis of that industry and still doing it. Well, I don't know. Well, you know, maybe I hope that doesn't mean uh, something, something you know, uh, uh, strange about me. Um, uh, but uh, I've been hanging on for a long time. The um, wow, it's just it's amazing because you know so many companies have come into the listed marketplace, and over time they've you know many of them have prospered. Some have gone private. Others have merged. Um, new companies have come into you know come into the space. Um, management teams have, you know, liquidated portfolios and played golf for a few years and then come back running another company. Uh, it's really been amazing. But I think the, the overall, why, the, the biggest thing I would observe is that the acceptance, the mainstreaming of, of these companies is, is probably the biggest motif. You know, there are, are, are you know, many of uh, companies now that are members of the S&P 500, the, the, the largest real estate companies are members of the S&P 500. REITs are in 401k platforms. You know, in the early 1990s, coming off the, you know, the, the whole RTC time, you know, real estate, real estate was, you know, really an out-of-favor sector. Folks, you know, they had, they had experienced uh, tax law changes in the 1980s that screwed up their real estate investments. And, and you know, folks were a little bit dismissive of, of property investing at that time. And, um, yeah, and the so SNL crisis had just uh, crises exactly. had just occurred, and they'd all gone under. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. And the whole RTC cleanup is actually when, when you know when I started learning about you know th- this business, and I got involved in some some really value oriented uh, securities transactions back then, and it really was a formative moment for myself and, and the team of folks that I've worked with really ever since then. And so I would say the the, the biggest motif 
you know, thinking about these many years since then has been just the growing acceptance of, of what a smart investment property is and the growing acceptance of, of property in a, in a listed security format. Uh, it's really just a, a, a extraordinary to think that the market cap of this sector is now a trillion dollars almost. Yeah, it is. So a question uh, we'd like to ask all of our guests here, Joel, is uh, what keeps you awake at night? What keeps me awake at night? Um, you know, we spend a lot of time thinking about risk. Um, we, we worry about what we don't know. Um, we try to always be very thorough. And, um, you know, I think having shepherded these assets through um, through a you know what we now recognize was a was a, was really a bank crisis, um, with the you know with the financial crisis you know really that began in you know in in the uh, 07 time frame, but really you know um, the worst part of which was 08 and 09. I think that um, I think that's reminded us all to be very very wary of what's under the hood that you don't understand. Earlier, you, you had asked me about you know, whether we use derivatives and whether we use leverage. And, and the fact is that we do. But as, as, as you may be aware, those, those things are a little bit like salt and pepper. Um, they, you know, a little bit of them really enhances uh, uh, you know, a careful strategy uh, if, you're, if you use them appropriately. But too much can ruin things. So um, I, I guess the short answer is we, we worry and we lose sleep at night based on what we don't know. And, 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 you know, that includes uh, what we can't see. One of the great benefits of investing in properties is generally a very, very transparent sector. But, but nevertheless, you, you know, you always worry about, you know, something coming up that you weren't aware of. So appreciate that, Joel, very much. So tell us uh, a second question we'd like to ask all of our guests. What book on investing would you recommend to our listeners? There are so many great books um, that I could recommend. Um, you know, one that I recently read with great pleasure that was given to me by a dear client is uh, Jean-Marie Everyard's book, um, and it's called uh, Value Investing Makes Sense. And it's, it's a short book. It's kind of a, a book you can read in an evening, but it's, uh, you know, he's one of the legends of value-oriented investing, you know, and, yeah. uh, and he's, he wrote a really helpful, uh, easy-to-read book uh, about why value-oriented investing you know, really makes sense. Spell his last name for our listeners, will you? Um, I, I got to make sure I get it right. It is E V E I L L A R D. And uh, right this here. gentleman is uh, his his name is Jean Marie Eviard, and he is uh, a, he was associated before he retired with the uh, with uh, the First Eagle Global Fund. Um, he's one of the legends of the business. And okay. uh, you could find him on Google very easily. Okay. And, uh, you know, we have not had that book recommended in the 300 or so times we've asked that question. So we really appreciate uh, that, that, that new response. And it sounds like a, a great read. And value investing, we all need to understand value investing. Even if we do it or don't do it, it's something important to understand. So for people who would like to know more, Joel, where can they go? What can they do? Well, I, I mean, if you want to learn more about our firm and what we're doing, I recommend you go to our website, which is www.salientpartners.com. And um, we, I could also offer you a, a telephone number if, if you'd like to have a conversation with somebody about any of the work that we do. It's, it's 800-994-0755. And in a more general way, I, I, I really appreciated your question about, about a book recommendation because I think anyone um, looking to achieve the right kind of long-term results 
uh, with their investment strategy needs to continually educate themselves about uh, about the opportunities and the risks. And there are a library of rewarding things to to read and 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 learn from. Great, Joel. Thank you very much. We really appreciate you coming uh, on with us today. Uh, how about final words for our listeners here? Uh, well, I I, uh, um, I really appreciate this opportunity, and I'd be happy to answer any further questions for you or any of your listeners. And um, I'm, I'm a very, very passionate property investor, so I guess my bookend comment would be <laughs> consider property. It's the most brilliant investment, I think, out there. Well, you know, uh, it would be hard for people to argue with you on that, uh, especially uh, from a logical uh, standpoint, especially we're in Orange County, California, here in San Francisco. So, uh, you know, it'd be hard for anybody to argue about those two areas. So, Joel, again, thank you very much for coming on. Our best wishes for your continued success and hopefully uh, for you and uh, many of us, the reed industry grows to two trillion uh, soon here. So thank you very much for being with us here today. Thank you, sir. Again, we've been talking with Joel Beam, Managing Director and Senior Portfolio Manager over Real Estate Security Strategies at Sadian Partners from their San Francisco offices. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd love to have you contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com. And you can go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host, Charlie Wright, or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing. <laughs>